God is good. And all the time. And that is nature. Wow. Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you okay? Yes. May I request you to stand, we pray. God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for giving us this moment to sit under your feet, this moment to reflect on the family. Thank you that you love us so much and that you have blessed each one of us in our family. And you have also called us to raise families. These families should be God-fearing. How can we understand these things which are a mystery unless you are with us? Manifest this information and knowledge and yourself to us and cause us to be obedient to you in our families. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Let's be seated. It's wonderful to be here. We are fine. The Lord is great in our hearts. I still love the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. This is Friday. You know, we started on Sunday. And we have tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday. Make sure you grasp something. Yeah? Opportunities come, and they go. So grasp something. We are sharing about God's redemptive plan for the family. That is the topic. God's redemptive plan for the family. And I don't want to speak today without my wife speaking. Because this lady coming, she has been teaching this to the women of Makueni. This lady has over 10,000 ladies under her. And she goes around speaking about family. So today you have two speakers. We shall share the time. She will share our part. And I told her, say whatever the spirit lays in your heart. Because you know what we've been going through. You've been interacting with the families. Share what, my dear, praise the Lord. So, will you allow her to speak? And then I'll be coming to go with the other part. Thank you. To our provost, our bishop, our clergy, and everyone who is present with us. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Bwana Yesu asifiwe. I know we have some people who, whom we were not with on Sunday. My name is Margaret Mboya. I'm born again. I love Christ as my personal savior. I'm very delighted to be here with you today and also to share something about family. I will not take much of your time because Bishop has to speak and to take much of the time, but I know that God will use me and will have something. I'm married, as I've said, 
to Francis Mboya Matui. You are hearing Bishop Francis Matui, and you are wondering Mangrit Mboya. He is Francis Mboya Matui. I'm married to him. We are blessed with two sons, Timothy and Daniel. Uh, the first one is uh, a young adult. The other one is a teenager, and we thank God for his grace. To start today, as Bishop has said, we are talking about the redemptive, God's redemptive plan for the families. And uh, as we talk of the family, I'm just imagining is the Christian family, so that we won't speak and you'll be offended. This is a Christian family. When I got married, and before I got married, when I realized I was to be married by a priest, because he was already a priest, one thing I prayed to God was that, God, may you help me. I'm now entering marriage, and it's not just a man. It's a priest, an ordained pastor, who is serving your people, serving the people because you have called him. I'm just a girl. I was working as a secretary in an office, and I just prayed to God that, God, before you, I get married, you have to call me in this ministry. And I said, God, I'm not just asking you to call me. You have to call me. So I'm standing here because I'm called. Hallelujah. <laughs> He is a pastor of the family and I'm the assistance <laughs> because I have to support him and to work with him. As for the family, when I was growing up, my dad and my mom used to pray with us. They could call a family meeting, they pray with us, they ask us of our needs. They inquire from each and every one if there was something troubling us. Because as, as parents, they were concerned of our growing, our behavior, and everything surrounding us. So every time our dad could pray for us, our mom could pray with us, and even if we were asleep when they wake up in the morning, very early in the morning, my dad could stand at the sitting room and say, everybody sit at your bench. It's time for prayers. And that became our normal routine. Today we are talking about redemption of the family. The first family which God ordained, Adam and Eve, they felt sort of God's glory. And you know, because Bishop has been talking about it from Sunday, they were, then the devil manipulated them and if they fell into the trap. But Jesus, our Lord, came to redeem us. And we stand here boasting because we are redeemed. Somebody had to die so that we can, that we can get that redemption. So when I got married, I just prayed that God help me to be the best. Wife ever seen in this world. And I also prayed, God help me because I know you embrace us with children to be the best mother 
in this world. I also print, you know, the fathers, they are the hand of the families. That is how God designed it. You are not here to complain. God designed it that they are the hand of the families. And being the hand, they should love us. Praise God. So I, I print that because this, the hand of the family sometimes can be very tough. I will be the mediator between the hand of the family and the children. Hallelujah. And most of the times I find myself there, myself there. In the family, we have the fathers who are our dads, we have our mothers. What is our responsibility? Jesus Christ came to redeem us, but we are failing. Instead of marching forward, we are dragging one another and going backward. Why? The Father, you should take responsibility of your family by loving them, praying with them, you are the one to guide them on which path to follow. You are the hand of the family. If they are misled, you are the one who is answerable. Why are you letting your people to be misled? Remember, you are also the provider. Your family should not sleep when they have not taken anything because you are nowhere to be found. Today, the problem in our families, we have absent fathers. We have absent fathers. And I just pray that God will touch us. The father you are to provide the fam your family with the security they need. But you are not nowhere to be seen. Sometimes we are very busy because we are working. But whom are you working for? You are working for the family. So you work, you embarrass your time. So that you can get time for the family. I can tell you, bishops are very busy people. And as sometimes I find him not available even for three weeks. But I stand at the gap. I stand at the gap. Sometimes we sit with my boys. I've told you I have a young adult. Somebody who is 23 years. And we talk. And when I find that he is moving very fast, when the father comes, I sit him down. You know, this and this is happening. And you will find a girl here. You are just preaching, but remember you have a young adult in the house. So you have to go somewhere, you sit with him, you talk with him. Sometimes I find myself even for providing with the money which they used to take the cup of tea. And they go, they fellowship. And he addresses him, Timothy, you are a man like me. So tell me what is happening. Praise God. Fathers. Mothers, we are not left behind. Sometimes, we are not minding about our kids, our children. Why? We are too busy 
and we leave them under the care of our house help. Let me tell you, I'm also warning you, that house help, you don't know her. You are not born together. Our children are suffering in the hands of those house help. I've been, I've been having meetings with our teens, our youths, our Sunday school kids. And sometimes they tell me, mommy leaves me with our house help. And this house help does this and does this to me. The child is there. Sometimes they are being warned, if you tell your parent, I will kill you. And to a child, when you mention killing, that child cannot talk. Sometimes it's like they take a oath. They make them take a oath that they will never speak. You are talking about lesbianism. We have homosexuals. How is that introduced in your family, which you call a Christian family? You are just there. You don't mind. But they are being introduced by those people. Be a friend to your children. Hallelujah. Be a friend to your kids so that they can be free. Even if they fear this house help, they can be free to speak to you. They can tell you what is happening in the family when you are not around. Praise God. One time, one boy, it was during COVID-19 time, and we were all told to stay at home. <clears throat> and when we stayed at home, I came with a program to meet with the youth and the teenagers in our houses. We used to meet in some places where maybe police could not trace us. And one time, one boy told me, Mama Skofu, Mama Skofu is Mama Bishop. Every time my uncle come home, we sleep in the same bedroom. And when we sleep in the same bedroom, there are some things he does to me, and when I try to speak with my father, he is not there to listen to me. And I'm feeling it is too much. I want to commit suicide. It was that serious. Praise God. Ah. Sometimes you wonder, what is the work God has given us? What are we doing to redeem those young ones? Another one told me it was Ankara this time. You know, the father was used in working in town, but they were left in the rural area. So when the father came, you know at that time everyone was going home. When the father came home, now the mother used to be busy, going here and there looking for something to cook. So the father took advantage of the young girls. He used to sleep with them. And now the girls were crying. Who can save us? When we talk with our mother, the mother says, no, 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 don't say it to anybody. That is defaming the name of our family. 
And it is biological father, not a stepfather. Biological father. So those things are happening. But why did Jesus die for us? He died for us so, so that everybody should be comfortable. Should live a life comfortable. A life pleasing God. But why should we be comfortable as parents when our children are suffering? Suffering inside our houses? Suffering within our buildings? And we don't mind about them. Hallelujah. <laughs> Sometimes we have breakages of families. Why? Because of money. Money. <laughs> for us women, if we go for this, we have these meetings, we go, we contribute monies, we are given. Sometimes I have so much money, but we say, this money, I'm the one who contributed, so it is mine and mine. When I'm, I'm speaking to my women back in our houses, I ask them, those money you get from Chamas, those meetings now, they tell me, mom, those monies are hours and hours, not for my husband. Even I cannot let him know. And then on the other, the other side, the husband is embroiled. You have your salary. But even the wife cannot talk about how much you receive because your money is your money. Just imagine, if you die today and you are not going to die, if you die today, what will become of your family? What will become of your children? Hallelujah. Your money is your money. And you start conflict for nothing. Don't you budget anything you have in your family? Don't you operate in a budget? When we got married, and sometimes Christians think crunch and get a lot of money, we just get something retro. I came from a, a different province from my bishop, a different tribe, and so I had to resign to be with him after we got married. So one thing we sat down. We talked on how we shall be operating our monies. And we agreed we open one bank account. When he brings his money, when I bring my money, we put together, we just do budgeting to see our family grow. And that is what we have been doing for the past 24 years. I cannot complain because I think I'm the manager of that, those accounts. I'm the one who pays school fees. I don't disturb him. I do the budget of the family. I pay everything. Praise God. Sometimes we quarrel because you are hiding what you have. What is that money for? Why do you remember? You remember to see that your family is well sustained, well kept. But when you hide, that is when now you start giving to others. 
And those others, they are not earning values because you end up hearing you have another family which you are hiding. A family which is hidden is not a country family, praise God. You have, if you don't work together, start working together. Start organizing your money together. Start operating together. Because you did not marry a thief. And if there is a thief here among us, we have so many reverence that you pray for us. Praise God. One time, I was told of a scenario which happened in our houses. There was a woman who was given money, a lot of money, 40,000 Kenya shillings in those women chamas. And when she was given, she decided to hide that money so that the husband will not know about it. So the, the husband was a bonda bonda rinder. One day, the son got sick. And they were called in school to get the son and take him to the hospital. So the man was there. From morning, I had no customer. I have nothing. So he just, he was just helped by somebody else. He was given 1,000. And the woman is there with the 40,000. Hidden somewhere inside. So they took the boy to the hospital. The boy was seriously sick. They were told, this boy need to be operated. And we need a deposit of 20,000 Kenyan money. Now, the wife started crying, hey, my husband, you have to go and look for the money because if this boy dies, you will die with him. You are the father. You have to give me the money. So the husband had to run and look, look for the money. He did not get the money. He's just got an extra 1,000. He paid, but before he paid, he was met by the doctor. He was told, it is too late. I told you to look for the money. The boy has just left us. And so the woman was there. No, 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 no. My son cannot die. She was rolling and rolling and rolling, crying. And you know, as she was rolling down, the 40,000 came out from the hidden pocket and it was cut and all over. And then the man, the doctor told the man, as I help the one who is dying, just start correcting the monies. <laughs> Praise God. The son died. And it was very painful for the bishop to go and bury that child. Your money is not your money. Your money is for the family, praise God. You have to help one another. You have to raise your family in togetherness. Men, you have to support your wives. Wives, you have to support your men so that your family can be a, a family of blessings, a family which is unique, which is kind by the word of the Lord. Praise God. How I wish, like the provost has said, that we have so many fathers, 
so many mothers that we can get parents. Parenting is not a simple thing. You have to commit yourself. You have to commit yourself. You have to be connected with your children. You have to walk hand in hand with them. Because it will reach a time you regret and say, I wish, how I wish I walked with these children. Sometimes I find myself with, in the house. I'm the only girl in the family. Mark you, I'm the only girl in the family. And so the boys, this want to be near me. This one want to be near me. And the father is there saying, no, now you have to give me my wife. So they compete for me. Because they know, as the mother is here, the mother is everything. The mother connects us to everything, praise God. So today, my dear brothers and sisters, let us remember, Jesus died to redeem our families. Don't be counted in that blanket, whereby you don't mind about your family. Whereby you don't mind about your kids. Whereby you don't pray with them. Remember praying with them, doing Bible study with them is a key thing in the family. Because you bring them up knowing the word of God. You bring them up knowing how to pray for themselves. And when it comes a time when you cannot even pray for yourself, your children will stand at the gap and pray for you. Praise God. I thank my husband, my bishop, because he has initiated that in our family. And our young boy challenges us every time we do Bible studies. And I think one day he will be a pastor like his father. And when I see that, I just thank God. The bigger one, he challenges us with his cooking. He is an IC expert, ICT expert, but he cooks for us. Because I always ask him, Timothy, if I'm sick today, can't you eat? So when he comes at home, he tells me, it is family day, you sit down, I cook for you. I organize you. And he organizes us properly. Brothers and sisters, let me not continue. <laughs> let me stop there and give Bishop the chance to continue. May God bless you. May we stand for our family and God will bless us. Thank you. Come on, appreciate my wife. Yes. Uh, you'll need to come to Makueni. We stay with you in our house. Uh, we just be with you and uh, you'll understand how wonderful this lady is. When we were getting together, we prayed what she has said about the call. She said, how do I live with a pastor in a collar? There's another long story of how we met. 
a long story because I'm just an African like you. And before the, God worked on my Africanness and my thinking in order to redeem me <laughs> and make me think like a brother and a sister, cutting through different tribes and boundaries, I had to say, yes, Lord. And so you need to follow me. I don't know where to, to hear clearly because it's a very deep testimony about how we met with her. The part she is born, where she comes from, is green. If you are with me on Sunday, you understand when I say green. It's like here. And she was transferring to come in an arid and semi-arid area. And so in our Bible studies, in a group we had for a mission, mission group. In this church, you have a mission group. I used to discourage all the ladies in that mission group and tell them, never desire to be married by us who are coming from that other part of the world. Because I think you'll just add, have hard time and it'll be for nothing. So don't even attempt. And you can speak words. And God goes against the words because you are not God. Is the one who designs families. And here we are sharing about God's redemptive plan for the family. And it's just about connecting your family with God's plan. And you must discover that plan. And sometimes your worldview, your mindset has to be dealt with. Because we come into marriage with this, but the holistic redemption, the way you squeeze a sponge in water, you are squeezed until you have the world view of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know whether I'm saying anything. <laughs> so I passed through that. I passed through that. And as I stand here in this All Saints Cathedral, I can thank God that God is great in my life. And I have that testimony. I have that testimony. So brothers, the redemptive plan of God is laid down in where we have read. That's the first verses. Genesis chapter 1 verse 27. The first opening verses. And we are just running through very shortly about the steps of that redemptive plan and I want you to find yourself within this plan. I want you to find yourself. Look for yourself where you are. Because I know when we have such topics, people come with a lot of excitement. And it's true. Because there is an answer you are looking for. You have a question. And the funny thing, the speaker doesn't know the, the question. And you are looking for an answer with a question I don't know. <laughs> And we come with that. But what I, what I want to, to tell you, we want to run very quickly and look at this. The Bible has said, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. That is Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and the everything, every creature that moves on the ground. I don't want to continue reading. 
this. The first thing is we have been discussing since Monday from the creation story. And we said this is the book of beginnings. So this is also the beginning of the family. And the beginner of the family is the one who knows what he was beginning. And that is God. So he understands the family more than us. That is a statement I use when I'm joining people to pronounce them as husband and wife. What you are joining in, you think it is yours, but there is the owner who began it and he knows it more than you. And you need the owner so that you may move in the right direction. Are you getting a point? Yes. So as we discuss about the family in this mission week, we are talking about God himself being at the center of the family. God being at the center. So if you put God aside, you expect all manner of drama in the family. The first thing, God being at the center. Now for them, those who have already have the ring in their, in, in, in their figures, whether it is the official ring or you put the ring yourself or it was put by the pastor. Now, forget about how it has come, but you have the ring. The other things, provost will work with you and others. If you have read the ring, or in other words, if you are married, now we work from where you are. You are asking, Bishop, how do I bring God in the family? Because I can see there are issues. We start with you first accepting God and inviting. One of you, a person, somebody must open the door for God to come in. If we close this, this room and all of us stay here, somebody has to walk and open the door. I'm saying they must raise up an intercessor for that family, to connect that family with God. Who is the intercessor? It is you who have come in this, this particular fellowship today. Somebody must open the door. Some of us have opened doors in the families of our fathers. Some of us are born in families who are not Christians. But in a way, salvation came to us, and you can see already your parents are changing because somebody has opened the door, and it is you to open the door so that God can take, take the center of that family. Hallelujah. And for those who have not yet touched the wires, those who are here, they are waiting to hear how I will go about. We are saying start with God in mind. You have an advantage. Start with God in mind. This is a bishop dealing with the youth. I beg them. I pray with them. I influence them. I try in as much as possible to help them to have God first. And remember we are competing with the forces of the world. There is so much influence and God is being pushed aside. So what is happening? We are moving towards a lot of breakages of families, separations and divorce and things like that. Because the world view we have and the kind of pressure which is there is, is pushing God away. So look at where the world is going. The first family is Adam and Eve. This is the very first family on earth, Adam and Eve. They had their own success. And the success is that they, they were given an opportunity to rule, to be fruitful, to increase, to fill the earth, to subdue. And the subduing is ruling over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and over everything. And you can continue to continue. That was a success story. Very nice. But they had the fall. Every family, there are successes and there are falls. 
they yet their fall. When sin came, the story changed. And we know about the story. The mandate they were given, which was a, a divine man mandate of procreation, it was supposed to multiply and increase godly people. Godly people. Godly people. Prophets have said, parenting. They were given the mandate of increasing. Increasing what? Being fruitful and increasing what? That is childbearing. You bear children and grow them in the way of the Lord. So the very first responsibility we have, if you think about getting married, or if you are married, there is a responsibility of growing people. Do you grow plants? We grow plants. We plant a plant. We dig a hole. We put the manure. We plant it the right way. We make sure that there is water. And we, sometimes we bring the pesticides. And we, we, and we take care of the plant. There is pruning. You grow children and it is a responsibility. There is a saying in Kiswahili which says, Koza sio kazi, kazi ni mwana. Is anybody connected with that? Koza sio nini? Sio kazi. Kazi ni kumulea mwana. Giving, literal translation, giving birth is not work. The work is bringing up the child. Giving birth. Being, giving birth. Who cannot give birth? is very easy. Giving birth. E e even the one who has not gone to the university can give birth. <laughs> I mean, you don't need to go to school in order to give birth. <laughs> you don't need to go to school in order to be a parent. You don't need, even a, a standard two person, a man eh, who has reached standard two and is of age, they give birth. So, so here there is nothing like I am in form four, or there is nothing, I'm in the university, or there is nothing, nothing like I have 12 degrees, or I, I am whatever. The issue is now translating what we are learning into parenting. And that is what she is talking about. You see some people who are even very high and they are failing. And can I say this with a lot of humility? Because I also believe, I believe I'm in the high caliber. The bishops are taken very high. The higher we go, the more we neglect our families. Am I saying something? And sometimes it's because of these responsibilities. I am here with her. Good enough, our boys, one, today one is sitting for exam and we are in the night, we were calling him. Uh, to tell him we wish you the best because he, he's in the university. He's taking, today, he, he was doing his, his exam. And we were trying to call him. And then I tell him, the mom talks, and I make sure I also have my, my deep voice. How are you, Timothy? Remember, I am praying you, and I love you. And remember, you are my firstborn. And I really treasure you, Timothy. So please do the exam. And remember, God is with you in the exam room. Can I pray with you? Yes, daddy, pray for me. Now, I asked him, can you kneel down wherever you are? And I told him, please don't cheat me. Just kneel wherever you are. I'm raising up your, my hand towards you. And I prayed. Now, I don't know whether he knelt down or not. <laughs> but, 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 but somebody told me this. What the father does to the children, when they have their own children, and they have issues, they will remember the way they were raised. And they will start doing the very things you were doing to them. Ah. So sometimes you do things because you are planting a seed in them. And so this is the mandate which was given to them. And this mandate, they were to raise a family. Adam and Eve, a family. But sin came and it, is, it distorted that order of raising godly children. 
Now, the good thing is us, we are in the period when Jesus has died. So you cannot blame yourself and say the sin is there. We have, we have medicine for the sin. Christ has died so that he may redeem us. So we are already repositioned again back to the Garden of Eden. Hallelujah. So you don't need to feel guilty. You have somebody you introduce in the family and he takes care. So when you speak in the name of Jesus, and there's a lot of prayer, there's a lot of moments of fasting for your family, there's a, and then you also learn how to speak to them. If they are teenagers, they have their own language. If they are the adults, they have their own language. They are also times you understand yourself. I, I saw it only like what Prophet was teaching about when he was rearing his young boy. When they were young, you, they were in the same bedroom with you. But when you went to Nairobi, you had to, they, he asked you whether you have another room. Because now you distance yourself. And as you do that, you still remain the parent because there are things you are still watching and finding the language. The difference is the way you talked to him when he was young, you will not talk to him the same. There are people who don't know how to change the language. You tell them, I will slap you. Long time ago, he used to fear you. Now he will tell you, slap me then. <laughs> slap me. <laughs> yes. You have to change the language. <laughs> you have to change the language. And the sum of it is, see how you were handled in youth and try to correct that and handle him now. The good thing is, what you went through, what he is going through, you, you went through. So you have an opportunity. How can you be so naive? You have an opportunity. You remember what you went through. And sometimes we say form groups where you bring these children together and another parent can talk to you as, as you talk to others. I find them, we bring them together at the Bishop of Garissa. The Bishop of Garissa loves my family so much. So he comes to my family, Bishop Mutesia, Dr. Mutesia talks to them and he tells them, Timothy, you know, you know your family, there is a class they have. Please, Timothy. Now, and then he carries him with his car, and then he, uh, he has a driving license. He says, now, can you drive me around? And he's happy to drive the bishop around, around. I know now they are talking their own things as men. Hello? Then he, he, when they meet, the bishop gives me the evaluation. He says, we have talked about this and this and this, and the areas he should improve. Hello? I'm just sharing as an example, because... Up to that far, I don't know what I'm saying. Up to that far, 24 years in marriage. Up to that far, not about now, tomorrow. Up to that far, we are successful. <laughs> Up to that far. And I believe by faith we shall be successful in the next, next stages. Kufika hapo sasa, mali tumefika. We can say there is success. Sasa ni kesho. So I'm kneeling down and praying for tomorrow. Because of tomorrow. Hallelujah. The plan for salvation and redemption of humanity starts with the family. When the fall came, the next stage was God to plan on how to bring salvation to humanity. And last Sunday we also talked about to creation. We said the creation is groaning. You remember that? So the plan... Imagine the plan of salvation. Again, it is sent out to the family. Why? Jesus is born in a family. The family which fell and the sin came. Jesus is born in a family. 
And when he is born in a family, what type of a family it is? Mary is not married. You are saying yours is bad. Mary is not married. Joseph, they are trying to betroth Mary. Announcements about pregnancy. And there is some confusion. Why does it happen like that? Now the theologians will need to sit down and discuss that at length. But according to me it was, Jesus was bringing everybody on board. Everybody who feels neglected in the society. You are valued by God. Everybody. People who can look down upon you. But you are valued. And I tell people this. So long as the child is born. Now let us not start talking about where the child has come from. We start from how do we raise this child. Whether from a single mother. Or from the real family you are thinking about. We must work from there. And that is the work of the church. And that's why you are here. Hallelujah. Are you getting something? That's why Jesus is, is born to bring the family together. Now, I am not trying to encourage and say, Bishop said we go and do all sorts of things. And the church will accept. Now you'll be looking for poison to drink yourself. You cannot take poison. And you say, I'll be healed. What is going to do to you? You'll be endangering your life. Start with God. The plan of salvation of humanity and creation again is centered on the family. But before that, I talked about a covenant family. A covenant what? Family. Raising a covenant family. All through in the Old Testament, Jesus, I mean God meant a covenant to the people he used that is going to bless them. And he started with their families. And I want to mention, number one, we have Noah. We have Noah. Noah's family. Noah's family comes first. After the fall, Noah's family comes. And you see in Genesis chapter, chapter 7, verse 1, if you are reading with me, Genesis chapter 7, verse 1, the Bible says, The Lord then said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. That was my Sunday school verse. I used to read this off-ed in my language. That is now Kikamba. This verse says, God saw Noah. Can we read to all of us together from the screen? Can we read from the screen, all of us together? Is righteous before God in this what? Generation. Can you imagine the wickedness which was there during Noah's time? And this was leading to the destruction of the whole humanity. You already know that the ark was built by Noah so that Noah may hide himself there from the floods. And it is only that family in the whole world which was found righteous. When you say all the families in Uganda, in Kenya, in the world are like this, and there is no hope, there is one man who stood for his family when the whole generation was unrighteous. And that was Noah. Why can't you be the Noah, the Noah of today? Why don't you decide I'll be the Noah of today? 
and commit yourself to the family. We have to decide. It's a decision you make. No, and I don't want to preach about Noah because there's another sweet salmon. He was told to build the ark. He's building an ark. It was not for one month or two months. It was for 120 years building an ark. And where is he building the ark? It is not in the Indian Ocean or Lake, Lake Victoria. Where there is what? He's building the ark on the, on the land. And he's telling people it is going to rain. And the water will come up to here. They ask him, what are you trying to say? And this is to talk about the faith. And he built the ark for 120 years. And the 70 days before the waters came, Noah is given opportunity by God to invite the people, the way we are talking about families. He invited people to come to the ark. Come in, come in. They look at him and say, you man, what are you talking about? 120 years we've been building this, this big thing. Now you are putting animals. You want us to go in and there is no signs of rain at all. No rain. There was no signs. And they want to go in and hide themselves there. I think if it were the news people, they would have been there and say, we, have, we are having a problem with a man who has put people in the... <laughs> Those could have been the news all over in the TV. <laughs> One man has been building a big ark and he has put people in and he says it's going to rain and we request the government to do something quickly because there is food and we don't know. And in seven days, the seventh day, there was something little like a, like, a, like a cloud which blew up and the rain started falling and the water started coming from down, up, and down all sides. And they later believed and they ran to, open, to ask Noah to open. Did he open the door? No. But he was saved him and his family. Why not you clap, clap for Jesus? Your family will save others. Kindly take this serious. Allow God to be at the center. And work out practical love in the family. Practical love. Practical parenting in the family. Noah saved the family. And God used him to save the animals. Now, if you read chapter Chapter 9, verse 1. You will see the covenant God did with Noah. And I have no time to read all this. Chapter 9, verse 1. You see. Then God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. Can you hear that? The same covenant has now been passed to them. Be fruitful and increase. So God is, is taking care of what he told uh, Adam and Eve. And because they have fallen, he raises another family. Noah. Now, after Noah, we go to Abraham. And we all of us know about Abraham. The covenant which God made between Abraham and himself. And God, in Genesis chapter 18, verse 9 to 15, and Genesis chapter 22, verse 10 to 15, please write these verses. You can go and read at home. And you see Genesis chapter 22, verse 15 to 18. God repeating the same words, telling Abraham, that he is going to bless him and to make him a father of great nation. That is increasing him. Because Abraham did not refuse to give his son to the Lord, Isaac. And he said, because you have not refused my son, your son, the only son, I am going to bless you. you your family can be blessed. And he's going to be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. 
You are here to stand in the cup and take up the position. You are the Abraham of today. And you need to take this deep in your heart. You need to believe in it. You need to confess it. We were seeing on Monday that words have power. Speak it to your children and pray with them and help them to walk through all the stages of their life. If it is teenagerhood, if it is adolescent, if it is whatever instance, walk with them and help them to overcome. They are going to overcome in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. The covenant, Abrahamic covenant. Now, I want to say at that stage, Abraham grew to a great nation. And it is from Abraham that all other families of Christians, we are hooked there because we are the new Israel. We are the new Israel. So when I pray for my children, I say, Father, I claim the Abrahamic covenant in this family in Jesus' name. And I connect myself to that. And I say, talk to them. I talk to them like children who are blessed. You are blessed. And I tell them, I tell them, I have grown as an African man. I have grown in an African family. All the things the Kamba people did, they were done to me. But because of salvation, I cut myself from such in Jesus' name. And I connected, my, I grafted myself to the Abrahamic covenant. Are you hearing that prayer? Listen to me, men. Men, we have a problem, men. We have men where there is a big problem. He is here saved and he loves the Lord. When it comes the time of giving out his daughter, he becomes a true Buganda. And you do things which you don't know why they were done. You already form another altar in their lives and there is a problem. Hello? Traditions have held us up. Kabisa kwa kiswahili. Tunachfungwa. And I'm not saying there are some which are good, but there are others. Me, I am a bishop and I go, they ask me to go and pray for their children when they are giving out the girl. And I look at them and tell them, you are not going to do this. I come up with the Bible and I stand as a priest and I bless the girl. And I tell the father and the mother, come, bless the girl through the Bible. Not pouring beer. Because in your, in your company, we have beer, they pour beer, and they speak words, they call all the ancestors, and all. I say, my ancestor is Jesus. Now, I, I already know there is a problem in this church. <laughs> we will cause a problem here. There are three areas where Africans, and I'm one of them, is hard to get true salvation. The first one is when a child is born. When you see the things which happen during the childbirth, and the process, there are some who are very deep in that. And if that's why we dedicate children here in the church. You bring your child here so that the priest can hold and pray for them. All the things. Some can be done when you are aware, others are done when you are not aware. And the funny thing, the generation of today, the current generation, have also brought in other things. They have their bash. Where the bash, do you call them bash? where they go and celebrate. If it is not happening here, it is happening in Kenya. You see the girl is pregnant and she opens the wool, pregnant, the wool. she removes the clothes. Baby shower. Oh, has it reached here? You people, you, you are showing us a lot of drama. And you come here and you take your communion. They open up everything and many things are done. 
We attend. For those who are old, you don't know what's happening. You who are old, you don't know what is happening. The young ones know what's happening. It is still equivalent to what the Africans were doing. What you are doing, you are only doing it in the modern way. Because for the Africans, they went for the, for the, the, for the, the, now there's a difference between which doctor and there was the medicine man or medicine woman. They went to the medicine man, medicine woman, and they did all their things. All things like that. So what you are doing, you are only doing it in the modern way. You, you celebrate and all that, and they say the child is this. But what are you doing? Pregnancy is given by God. A child is God-given. The Bible says, Nizawadi ya mungu. Mutoto is a word, is a gift from God. Tunes as a word. Let us behave like people who love the Lord Jesus, not running the way the world is running. Hallelujah. The other area is during weddings. When Africans are wedding, they forget they are saved. If it is a hundred cows, you say a hundred cows, whether you are saved or not. And the boys take the girl, they go away, and then there's a problem. I wonder, are we grafting this family to the covenant? Can I tell you by the grace of God without posting? I'm not posting with a lot of humility. A miracle happened in my life. When I went to report in their home with the, my parents that I love this girl, the father was a policeman, retired. He looked at me and said, if I have a caller in my family, I praise God. He held my hand and said to the whole clan, there is nothing we are going to ask this pastor. Nothing. I never went through the stress you think about. I see people going through the stress. But I can also tell you how much time I spend in the church in prayer. I was asking myself, Lord, you called me as a young pastor. Will all this shame come to me and your word? Because I want to marry. And I told you the other day, the way I, I decided to leave her. Did I tell you that? I told you because I went to a, a party, she was not well paying, there was no money coming, and I asked her, I released her. But after two years, the Lord did the miracle of the, of the motorbike, which I told you, and he proved to me that I am wrong and my worldview is wrong. I need to trust in him. We revived the relationship. And I went again. And she told me, I knew you are going nowhere. <laughs> so we started planning. We do the wedding. When the father saw me, he said, nothing I'm going to ask you. And he held my hand and her hand. And he asked her. And you see, he's not the one supposed to talk. In culture, the uncles are the ones supposed to talk. Is it like that here? Yes. So instead of the uncles, he said, I know you uncles. When you will talk, you... You will destroy what I want. I want blessing from God through this pastor. So he held my hand and he asked her, she's Margaret, so he used the short form, Maggie, do you love this man? She said, yes, dad. He never asked me anything. He said, old her, you go to the church and ask the bishop to wed you. My best man said, when we are going home, because we never carried out that day, you know, you report that there are the other ceremonies. He said, Francis, that is 
respect. They respected God when they saw the collar. Keep to the, that and love this girl. So when I say I love her, I mean it. I mean it. We went to the bishop and we had to look for special gifts to return. Because now we gave as gifts because this man, what he has done is respect until the village will say, what are you doing? What are you doing? He said, I want blessings. And I can tell you that family has received blessings. That's why I said, you need to come and live with us in our house so that you may understand the sermon I'm preaching. When I preach in my local home where they know my life, right from childhood, they listen and they stand. They say, it is true what you are telling us. With God, all things are possible. They tell me so. Brothers and sisters, God being the center. We went through that process. We finished. I took my children back. Many times we go there every year. Once a year. 300 kilometers. Once a year. The parents have gone to be with the Lord. Before they passed on, because they were at the edge, they called me, each one of them, and we used to go and sit and pray with them and go around in the village and he's boasting. They were boasting with this son who is a pastor. They were boasting. I became a bishop when they had already gone. But we went to do a very big party at home. And she went, when we went there, her tears were flowing. Dad and mama are not here to see. But at least she went outside the country several times and they met us in the airport, your parents. And they brought me a tie several times. When they come, they have a gift of a tie in the airport. As we received the daughter from abroad, a tie for the son. I feel loved. The area of marriage, the third area where Africans don't get saved properly is during barriers. That's where you see all sorts of things. Now I can't preach about that because I have not died and I will not supervise my death. I don't know how to preach. <laughs> I don't know how to preach that. But I pray that I'll die in the right way and be buried in the right way. As a servant, God. I've gone through other stages. God cannot allow me at that last stage. And his name will be defamed that. I refuse that in Jesus' name. If you are not careful, your salvation can be tinted during those three stages. The rest you can walk through. But birth, when you are giving birth to your own child, or the time of weddings, or the time of burials in your families, for us to see true salvation, that God in the center of that family, center of your family, center, 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 Abrahamic covenant, you need to stand firm and declare the power of God. And you need to pray about it. Are you getting something? Israel was the family of God. They later grew to be a big family. Israel, after Abraham, Isaiah 41, verse 8 to 14. You read that. Israel grew to a big family. And God was using Israel as a nation to save the world. Can I ask this question? What are you growing your family to become? Israel grew to a great nation. And I have another question down this point. Therefore, is family life private or a public affair? 
We need to go to groups and discuss this question. Is family life a private affair or a public affair? You normally start as two of you. I love you, I love you. Oh, you do all sorts of things. Hiding somewhere. But you'll bring it outside for the public to see, isn't it? But more to that, the children you are giving birth to and the people you are growing, it will be a big nation, isn't it? A big nation. When you see yourself, look at your brothers and sisters. Go to the father of your father. See the brothers. Go that way, that way, that way. Is that English or is Kekamba? Go that way, that way. And you see, you see it's a big nation, isn't it? Now you, you are also giving birth to such a nation. So when you say it's private or public, it's debatable. The, element, the starting point may look private, but the truth of the matter is family is a public affair. It is for all of us. And so you need to take care of that family to grow to affect the community positively. If all of us took care of our families, the police will have no work to do. In fact, if, if you want the police to go home, just do your work properly. If you do all your work properly, you parenting, the way she was saying, Bible study, grow them seriously growing, seriously growing, seriously growing. The police will have no work to do. I, Dr. Rebecca, you can remember when you were in, when you were in uh, St. Christopher camp and uh, Bob Lawrence was inviting us in South Carolina. And uh, when we entered the camp, there was a camp, there was someone with a barrier, a barrier in the road. And when we, we, we went through that barrier, and in the night I asked Bob Lawrence, why that barrier? He said, oh, I did not tell you. In this camp where we stay, and it's over 100 acres of land one side, and there's a camp, there were many people, and the families were settled there. He said, there is no stealing here. After you reach about three, four kilometers in the barrier, this way, nobody's supposed to steal. So we don't lock our doors. We were staying, they were in one room, in their own rooms. And there was no locking of the door. Can you imagine leaving your, your door open in town? <laughs> you, are, you are here in church, and you are, your home is not locked. And they did not have big walls. There were no walls. There were no walls around. They said, if anything happens, either something is stolen, we will know it is you visitors who have come with stealing. <laughs> and we saw a community where they don't mind about locking doors. We lived there for two weeks. We used to leave everything outside. Nobody wants your money. Nobody wants anything. Nobody. Can you imagine us when we do our work well, where we are going? Can you imagine that? Are we together? Do your work well. Israel. Now, let me end with the Jesus family. And we've talked, Jesus incarnated in a family so that the family can be saved. And he came through Mary, the Virgin Mary, and through that family, family Virgin Mary, we were being connected to the Abrahamic covenant. So anybody wanting to raise a family, think about those stages and connect yourself to that family. Luke chapter 1 verse 38 it is where the angel said, where Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. May it be according to your word. What was she trying to say? What she has been told by the angel, she submits to connect with that covenant and to fulfill, to allow the Lord to fulfill 
the promise through our family life is God working through them so that we may have a nation and raise a nation where God is to be worshipped. Praise the Lord. Our families should be grafted in the covenant. Our relationship between husband and wife is based on God's love and the, the love we have for one another. And this love is what makes us have peace in the families. God's love. Now, I have other two things to do before I finish. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21 to 33. It talks about the roles of husband and the wife. And I know you have heard about this text. You have heard about this text. Have you heard about this text? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. I am there. The Bible says this. Submit to one another out of reference for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make the holy cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word. The word. I want to skip all that, and then I go to verse 30. Verse 30. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his wife and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, mystery. but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I hope you have said thanks be to God from your heart. Because you read these scriptures and some people are rebelling. They say yes and others are saying what? No. But when we read we say thanks be to God. I hope you have said it from your heart. These are the roles. Now when we have weddings and I have heard many pastors preach in the family, trying to encourage these people who are beginning a family. Many pastors begin from verse 22. They live, <laughs> Mama is saying, verse 22. The person is reflecting. Can you reflect for us verse 22? We start with 22, which talks about what? Wives. Wives. So the wives have been, come on, can we read all of us? Yes, just stop there. So this one has been preached and preached and preached and over-preached. Bishop, are you telling us it's not? No, I'm saying it's true. They should submit. But now, verse 25. Can you bring us verse 25? There's the responsibility of the man, man, verse 25. Can we read? Uh-huh. Yes, and this mama is saying like this. <laughs> now, listen to this. There's another verse we've not been reading. Today I want to show you another verse. Those are the responsibilities of two of them, but mostly we start with, from the wife's verse 22. Then we talk a little bit, a little not so much about verse 25, about the husbands. Then we finish the sermon. 
But can we, all of us, read verse 21? Now give us verse 21, and you see. Give us, now, look at verse 21. What does it say? Why don't we preach from there? <laughs> Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. We start with the both of us submitting to one another. This verse has always been there in the Bible. Now, my Bible is new. This Bible. And I bought uh, this Bible also last week because I, went, I want to tell you something about this Bible because of this verse. This Bible, I have the same Bible and I preached using this Bible until it was old. It has study notes. Very nice ones. I prepare sermons with it. So, last week, in my office, we were giving a gift to a principal who we were inducting a school. And when I sent the, the staff to look for a Bible, they bought this in town. And they bought the very Bible I've been looking for. Because mine, I have even, because I did not want to lose it, I have photocopied some pages. To make sure I don't I love that Bible. If you saw me yesterday, I was carrying that Bible. And you, yesterday, I was carrying two Bibles. The old one. Now, I fear to show the old one when I'm in a new area. Because I have to look organized. <laughs> so, when I found the same copy of the Bible, I was very happy. I, got, I bought one for myself and I bought for my wife another one. Because my wife still uses the Bible she brought from our home when we married. She also likes it. Now we are funny history ourselves. Let's move on. But that's why I want to tell you about this Bible. Dr. Rebecca, I found something funny. In the first copy of the Bible, you know there are subtopics in which they give headings. They had grouped verse 21 above, not putting it together with this passage. You know the subheadings. But in this new one, I found that you have grouped verse 21 together with verse 22. Because they know when the pastors get Bibles and they are preparing for sermons, they also pick the passages and sometimes the subheadings. Now, pastors, you have to forgive me because I am a bishop. <laughs> so we have always started reading from verse 22. And verse 21, but then this, this new Bible, they put verse 21 as together the long passage of verse 22 up to verse 30. So when the people get this one, now they start reading during weddings and they start with the verse 20, 20, 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now I am imagining the lady with the, the net of the, the wedding net and the man with his tie and they are being told submit to one another out of reverence for Christ and they are told and it is written because when the Christians are told it is written they believe it is true now I, I may cause a problem here where are the ladies ladies <laughs> I may cause a problem but the issue is we have to this okay Okay, don't worry. Okay. We, we are there. Are we there? 
or you have gone. <laughs> you are here. So, so all of us should understand submitting to one another. And that is the, 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 the point I want to make as I end. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now that means respecting one another. There is nobody who is inferior. All of us are together in the marriage. I have something, part two of my notes, which is talking about the ten commandments of wives and the ten commandments of husbands. Do you want to hear them? Yes. Ten commandments of wives and the ten commandments of husbands. Yes. I want to go very fast. So that you hear this. I, I, whom do you want me to start with? Is it the wives or the husbands? Husbands. <laughs> husbands. husbands. The head. I listen to these husbands. Now, this is, this is a book I was reading, and the author is a Christian. So he had research and he's given. And when you go to the internet, they have, but I found that they have tried to distort some of them. So he says this, the Ten Commandments. In order for us to understand that, we have a responsibility. Number one, that's the husbands. Thou shalt not take thy wife for granted, but will honor and respect her as thy equal. <laughs> the men, the men in the house. Now, listen to this. You know, I have no time to preach this sermon. And when you go to the first part of the creation story, where we read Genesis chapter 27, we see man and woman created together. If you have been following our discussion this week, it says God created male and female. Now, when you go to Genesis chapter 2 and you read the creation story, man is created, but when the woman comes, he says, this is bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She will be called a woman. Now, when you say bone of, of bones, now, can you come here because I don't want to miss those who are online. Come, on, online people, this is my wife. So when I touch her, this is my wife. Online people, this is my wife. Now, now when she is born of my bones, flesh of my flesh, I am not supposed to mistreat her because we are together. We are one. In fact, the Bible says, verse 30, when you read, and the two shall live, no, the man shall leave his father and mother and will cleave. Huh? will cleave to his wife. You are refusing. <laughs> when you cleave to your wife, my bishop who mentored me used to say this, if you don't respect your wife and you decide to, be, to build a big tower, a very long tower, let me tell you what will happen. The wife will bring down the tower. There is nowhere you can go when you are disrespect, disrespecting your wife. You are refusing, I can see. <laughs> Listen to this. And the women normally wait at the time you are old. You can do anything at this time and say, eh, and then you have the money or whatever. Wait when you are old. Statistically, who dies first? 
<laughs> because of your stress. So you will take care of me and I take care of you. Please, I have no time to go through this and the time has gone. Listen to this. As they equal. There is a verse there, First Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Write and go and read. The Bible says, when you don't honor your wife and you are in crisis, God does not hear your prayers. It is written in the Bible. First Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Your prayers don't reach God. Go and read. But I have no time. Commandment number two. The highest allegiance except God shall be to your wife, not your relatives or friends. You have not had the highest allegiance except God shall be to your wife, not your relatives or your friends. Genesis chapter 2 verse 24. Go and read for yourself. I should honor my wife. Respect her. Number three. Thou shalt frequently tell thy wife how important and valuable she is to you. Frequently. Those who think that your wife is a weak vessel, like they use the, the part of the Bible for that. And the Bible was talking about the physical, not the intellectual. Intellectual, they are fine. Are we together? Those who try to look down upon women, they ignore a very important part of themselves. Build your family together with your wife. Thou shalt frequently tell thy wife how important and valuable she is to you. Now, those who are teachers, if you want to build the psychology of a child to do better in school, what do you normally tell them? You can make it. You can make it. The exam is just like the other exam. You can, they encourage them, isn't it? Husbands, if we want to have our wives loving us and taking care of the family, and encourage them. You can make it. That way. And then they also encourage you. Why am I preaching here? Because he has told me, you can preach. If I did the first sermon, he asked you, what are you trying to say there in front? Do you think other men talk like you? <laughs> I'll not be preaching. Are we together? Number four. Thou shalt hold thy wife's laugh the same means that thou won it. I am saying, thou shalt hold thy wife's love. Shikilia upendo wa wako. By the same means, you won it. When you met her first, what did you tell her to, 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 to love you? How did she? If you promised an aeroplane, give an aeroplane. It's up to you. Whatever. <laughs> the problem is, if you promise an aeroplane, you have a problem. There are people who take other ways. You borrow my suit so that you may meet a girl. Now you'll do a lot to, to, to find a suit. I'm try, just trying to help everybody. You can look at the, where the crises in the family are coming from. You may have done something during courtship, which this lady came, and you know there are marriage stages where we say the discovery stage. After the honeymoon, which is the passion, and you come to the discovery stage, where you start discovering this person, then we go to the crisis stage when everybody says, how comes? Is this the person? How comes? How comes I am in this home? This man is not the man I saw. He has no money. He had a car. Where is the car? Does it mean he borrowed the car to come and talk to me? 
Where is the suit? Over my dead body, I cannot say here. Those are the crisis stage. And we normally tell them, come on, come on, cool down. He was trying still to get you. <laughs> now you can talk. Now, this, 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 this commandment says, thou shalt hold thy wife's love. The same means that you want it. Now, the good thing is for the youth who are here, don't, don't, don't overshore yourself during marriage, during courtship. Be who you are supposed to be. If they love you, they love you. If they don't love you, they don't love you. You can move on. You will get another person. That is it. Songs of Songs, chapter 5, verse 10 to 16. Songs of Solomon, chapter 5, verse 10. Number 5, thou shalt actively establish family discipline with your wife's help. Establish family discipline with your wife's help. If you ignore your wife and you try to establish discipline, when you go out to work, or when she's alone, she'll tell you, what, did you, what was your father singing about? It was not even a conversation you were singing. What was your father trying to tell you? Be careful with your father. But you also know, wives, when you do that, the consequences will be from both of you. Numbers, now, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. You can write very fast. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Ephesians 6, verse 4. And then Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 to 9. Number six, thou shalt remember to do all the little things for your wife when you say you will do. Do all the little things for your wife when you say you will do. These are the men. If you promise you are coming at seven, come at seven. If you promise you are bringing a sweet, bring what? A sweet. If you promise that you will be there in the birthday, be there in the birthday. Because to women, these small things matter. For us men, sometimes we wonder what is all about this. You are just keeping quiet because of a sweet. <laughs> but to women, this is men don't ignore this. To them, that is the life. To them, that you are calling small is the real thing. Because when you when you promise to marry them and you married, you know this now I'm speaking to the men. Many think that everything has ended. But women start their marriage when they marry. For the men, it's complete. They leave you at home and they go to the city to work. But for the women, the life starts from there. So they watch everything you promise. Everything you promise. So for you, you have finished a chapter. You are in another chapter. You are buying a farm. You are buying a car. You are, you, you, they will think you are treating them like a car. While you are buying another person, you bring in. So they will live in fear. You have to promise. Whatever you promise, you do. Matthew chapter 5, chapter three, five verse 37. Matthew 5.37. We are number what? Seven. Keep thy eyes on your own wife, not your neighbors. Keep your eyes on your own wife, not your neighbor's wife. <laughs> Every lady in the house, they know, when you pass in town, and you are passing men, the men must turn back. We are told, as men who are in Christ, keep your eyes on your wife. If you want a verse, do you want a verse? Proverbs chapter 5, verse 15 to 20. In fact, it says, drink your water from your own cistern. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 15 to 20. Then in Job chapter 31, verse 1, Job. 
chapter 31, verse 1. Do you know what it says? It says, I have meant a covenant with my eyes not to look at a woman lustfully. Now we need to divide into groups because we need, men, we need to be helped. Women, and the women, they keep on saying, come on, what are you looking at? Let's go. <laughs> 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 Come on, what are you looking at? Let's go. Can't we go? What are you looking at? Hello? I wish we had time. I wish we had enough time because I'm just cutting something. So, what we do is we will come for the women also. Women are loving. There is one for you, there is one to counteract that. Let me not preempt. So, which will help the men to keep their eyes on you. Because if you have somebody and then he, there is a problem, we keep eyes on somebody who cannot talk. I mean, you have to smile. <laughs> anyway, Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 8. Then number 8. Thou shalt make every effort to see things from your wife's point of view. Make every effort to see things from your wife's point of view. Let me tell you, me, I do marriage counseling. I do that. We normally say the perception and the perspective of women is always very different from the perspective of men. A simple word is this. What you call love. All of you, you meet and say, I love you, I love you. You both mean something different. You don't know. You know when you write a paper in the university and you do write your thesis, words have meaning. Can you remember that? When you write a paper, when you are writing your thesis, your dissertation, words, you give meaning. What you mean by this word when you use it. The same way the word laugh in marriage, it means different from both the woman and the man. For the man, laugh, it is that ability for you to come and we work in the family and the man always thinks he's in charge because they are born that way, in charge. For the woman, she thinks about security. When you say you love me and I go with you, will you take care of me and my children? Or I will suffer under you. And I will give you an example, man. You today walk into your wife's home and you'll be told you will stay there for the rest of your life until you are married. You will ask, and where is the garden? Where are the people I will stay with? Who are they? So when they say they love you, you, they, you are asking like, will I have food? Will I have this? Even if I have my own money, will I have the freedom to spend it without disturbances? Will I be, am I fully incorporated? Because all of us know, you know what is happening in Africa and also other parts of the world. The money dies and the angles and the people come to claim this car is ours. Have you not seen these things? Women have been thrown in houses out and they suffer so when he, when you talk about love the woman interprets the love with the security you have kept quiet you are now not saying amen <laughs> love so when i tell my wife i love you i mean i have given myself to you and all what i have so you can come to these pockets and get and you do. And I normally tell her, and if you misuse, 
Remember, we shall suffer both of us in this family. So that way, I have put a caution, she will take care of it. So I go away, she is paying the family fees for whatever and all that. Because we are going, love is different. Please, men, and I will encourage you to read a book called Answers for Your Marriage. There's a book written by somebody called Carol and Bruce. It's called Answers for Your Marriage. That's a very good tool. It helps you to understand what love is. Will I finish this, really? Let me rush through. The other one is number nine. Thou shalt not fail to kiss thy wife every morning. Okay. Now, you, that one I will not explain. <laughs> it depends on how African you are and all that. Okay. Okay. We, we stop there for that one. Number ten. Thou shalt not be stiggy. Stiggy means ungenerous. Thou shalt not be stiggy with your wife when it comes to money. Esther chapter 5, verse 3. There are men who are very stiggy. Stiggy. Kiswahili ni muchoyo. Cannot release even five shillings. Ten shillings. There is no space. If you live with such a person, I had one in the church where I were before I became bishop. There was one who used to send the money they are writing in Sukumawiki this much. Can you imagine the man? And the woman... When we say the church bring you a tithe and offering, the man has written that, and there was a big. I can tell you how much time she came to the to pray and all that. Now, if I don't do the one for the women, the men will blame me. So we have to take five minutes for that. Will you allow me to do it? Ten commandments for wives. Number one: expect not your husband to give you as many luxuries as your father did for many years of your life. <laughs> At least the men have clapped. <laughs> and that is Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, and Amos chapter 4, verse 11. All of them, no, verse 1. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, and Amos chapter 4, verse 1. Now, the verses may not exactly speak to that, but they give that context. You interpret it for themselves. So I've said, expect not thy husband to give you as many luxuries as your father did for many years of hard labor. Because there is attendance of women expecting the love which their fathers showed them for us many to show. So you want to see your father in me. Now remember, I have not lived with your father. <laughs> In fact, I fear him because when we come home, he's my, he's my in-law. You remember the in-law relationship? So many times you tell me, used my father used to do this, my father. Now I don't know what am I going to do. So I'll be myself, but help me to love you. Hello? Okay. Number two, thou shalt work hard to build your house with your husband that you have not fantasizing about the one that could have been your husband. That's commandment number two. Thou shalt work hard to build your house with the husband you have, not fantasizing about the one that could have been. You know, there's the tendency of saying, when you see the neighbor, you say, ah, oh, I should have been the one. 
She knows, she knows. When I became bishop, there's a lady who sent in information and said, ah, now I should have been in Mama's cough. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are married. Somebody sent in information and said, ah, Francis, he's now the bishop. I should have been the Mama bishop now. And let me tell you the funny thing. We never courted with this lady. There is no way I proposed. We don't even come from the same area. But I later discovered there were some people in the village when they saw that, because I married at, that, at 30 years, I took time. I was doing many things. There, there was a group preparing this lady to be brought on my way. So that now. And so they had told her. And she even went to our home and tried to cultivate the shamba, the garden with my parents. And one time I went home and I did not understand what I was, I spent two hours and then I left. So later I discovered they were asking, did you not talk to him? But, so when I became bishop, she said, oh. <laughs> but the good thing is she knows. Now, they are members of my church, so I must respect them. Are we together? I must respect them. But I'm just using this example from a light touch to say, build your house with the husband you have. Bygones are bygones. X are X and X and X. Even if you put a Y, is X. Are we together? These things destroy families. So, we are in a number what? Number three. Thou shalt not nag. To nag is to harass. Does not nag him or hit him with a frying pan. <laughs> you know, when women get angry, they can take the frying pan. <laughs> and we start calling the provost there, come, come. We are trying to say, control your emotions. Are we together? I know us men, sometimes we can mess up. We can mess up. You are expecting arrow roots. You are expecting, I don't know what. Then I come in and then you find I don't have. Now before you, I explain the story, there are some who take the frying pan and, they, and the cats are being kicked and the dogs. Mama Timothy, I, talk, I call her Mama Timothy. Can I give an example? Time is going, but... You know, when we were waiting for our firstborn to be born, Timothy, there was power rationing in Machakos where we lived, where I was the provost. And then uh, uh, I was in the bishop's office and I was traveling 16 kilometers where they lived. Then uh, in the morning she told me, bring me chips. Do you know when you are waiting for a baby and the baby wants to eat chips, it is chips. <laughs> 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 so in Machakos town there was power rationing I go to the hotels and uh, there are no chips so I had not known that when it is chips, it is chips it is chips minus nothing so me I take my motorbike and I go thinking I'll explain when she heard the, the voice of the motorbike the noise before I stopped the motorbike, she was asking for chips. <laughs> I found her saying, where are my chips? I looked at the eyes. 
And I said, Margaret, I have never seen Margaret like this. <laughs> so I never said any word. I turned the motorbike. <laughs> when I was going, when I was going, she ran, held the motorbike, and she said, from morning up to now, I have not eaten, waiting for chips. Where are the chips? And I drove very fast, down 16 kilometers through a forest. Very dangerous forest. Back to Machakos town. I went to every hotel and I booked. There was a long line of like 100 people. This one, chips, and another one, chips, chips, three chips. So I, I was going where, to see which one is near Rakami to get the chips. I got my chips. And I, actually three of them. And I drove back. And I, when I looked, I said, the first thing, I am sorry. Some of us, we like repenting. I am sorry, my dear. Please take the chips. I'll explain the story another time. You eat the chips. <laughs> when I went to Kama, Kama is Kenya Anglican Men's Association teachings, I discovered pregnant women, when it is chips, is what? Chips. So I was young in age. I had not known this. This was our first child. And she was about four months. So me, I was just thinking this is just normal. It's like why we say praise the Lord, praise the Lord. We're alive. <laughs> now there is no time, there is no time of testimony, it is chips. <laughs> so please. So I am now I'm a better counselor. Can you clap for me? <laughs> but don't hit your husband or nag with your husband with a frying pan. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 15. You can read that. Proverbs 27, verse 15. And uh, chapter 21, verse 19 also of the same book. 21, verse 19. Actually, it talks about living with a quarrelsome woman in the house. When you read that. Oh, it is already there. Can you read? Can you read? Yeah. You're not dripping in the rain. It's when the roof, when the roof... When the roof is dripping, when the rain is raining and the roof is leaking. So, uh, come on, bring it again. Bring it again. Yes. Uh, let us read loudly. Yes. That is it. That is it. So, please don't be dripping. You know, when, when it is dripping, you never sleep. You are shifting the bed. To, so, it will be like that experience. Uh, when you read verse, verse 19, it says, 21 verse, better to, to live in a desert. Can you give us Proverbs 21 verse 19? Proverbs 21 verse 19. It's coming. Proverbs 21 verse 19. Our, our computer person there. Yes, if you are there. Okay. It's, it's going to come as I read number four. Proverbs 21 verse 19. Oh, it is there. Can we read all of us? Uh, better, you better go to the desert. <laughs> but we are reading this to help us understand how people feel, isn't it? And when it is recorded, it means the authors understood the context. Which number are we in? Number four, thou shalt condo thy husband and be a warm wife. Warm wife. It's to hold him warmly. Condo your wife, your husband. Hold your husband warmly. All the stress in the town, all the stress, if, even you, you have stress. Please, 
Eh? And there is a verse. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 3 to 5. Mm? To 5. For those who are married, you, 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 who, are, who are not married, please you wait. But because I'm here, I have to preach. Am I preaching? Those who are not married, wait. But those who are not, who are, I mean, those who are not married, wait. But those who are married, please, the Bible talks about do not deprive each other. Actually, this is what it means. Now you are keeping quiet. I thought you are still in the spirit. Is it there? Uh, uh, why have you removed it quickly? The others were staying. Okay, can we read? Yes, that is verse, what, 25. You go to verse 3, chapter 7, verse 3. Verse 3, up to 5. But the time is not, okay. The husband should fulfill his marital to, uh-huh. Can I say this with a lot of love to you? When you make each other to suffer in the family, that is the starting point of breaking a family. And this one I'll speak without wearing my specs. <laughs> Let me tell you openly. Ask the provost here and this clergy and those who are seated here and they are counselors. When there is a problem in the family and it is reflected in the bed, that problem becomes a, a big problem. Kindly I beg you, Go out and talk and remove that pain in your heart before you stop in the bed. When you stop, returning again is like courting again. You always feel this like a stranger and sometimes psychologically you never go back to where you were in the beginning because you think this man or this woman may be cheating me on me again. And it is always very painful on one of the partners who is not cheating. Or if it was about money, and you reflect it on the bed. So we encourage people, do not stop there. Kindly. I beg you as your bishop, I'm your bishop. Whenever you stop that marriage to bring it back, it is terrible. Because people look at each other as, even when they agree and they pray together and they say, we, now we have agreed, to go and start. And you know you cannot go there with a whistle to tell them on your marks, get set, start. You can't. You can't. You can't. What happens is, it is love. And love has stages. So if it is not done, then you, you wonder, will, will the bishop come and talk to us again? And we can't. That, that is yours. I have seen people being in a problem. Are we still Anglicans? Yes. Don't stop. Never reflect issues of the marriage bed. You reflect, you connect with your money, you connect with the food which is on the table. I know those contribute, but try in as much as possible. Don't allow that area to be affected. Me, I'm a bishop. I've been a pastor of a... Oh, now, when you add together the bishop over 30 years... I've dealt with the couples and this has been an issue. 
And the worst of it is those who are saved. You know when you are saved, you can say, me, I'll stay. And some decide to lock themselves up. They lock. Women can lock and stay. Even some men can say, I will not. But starting again is the problem. Because when the ring was entered, when you went to start, it was easier. Because the love was pushed. Now there is no love, there is some reservation. And there is like this, and like this. The Lord be with you. <laughs> we are Anglicans. Which number are we in? Remember that the frank approval of your husband is more to you than the side glances of many strangers. Remember that the frank approval of your husband is more to you than the side glances of many strangers. Exactly chapter 16, verse 32, and 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 14. That is to say, the frank approval of your husband is really yours. When he says you are smart, you are smart. Thank you for talking nicely to, to our mother-in-law. Thank you, he's, he's really talking from it. But the moment you say, eh, what? When we are on the road, I saw you looking at so and so and so and so. You don't like this dress I'm wearing. Now you make the husband to have no other words to tell you. Which, now, which other words will I use? I don't have any other vocabulary. Uh, <laughs> you know vocabulary, there isn't another. Now, number six, thou shalt not yell at thy husband but will be a gentle and a quiet spirit. First Peter chapter 3, verse 1 to 4. Thou shalt not yell to your husband, but will be, or you'll be, or should be a quiet, gentle and a quiet spirit. Women, can I tell you something? Look at me as you write, women. This is, and the men will tell you, if there is a conflict or there is a problem, and you face your husband right on the high. And you talk with a very sharp eye. You, you, you. I hate you. I hate you. When you talk like that, sharp on the high, looking at the eye. That picture never goes away from men. Let me tell you. You can apologize a hundred times. That picture never goes away. Now I'm talking when I'm a man. It never. So we in a current when during conflict, don't go to that extreme to paint that picture. Because even when you go, when you go on your private affairs, you are continuing, the picture comes, you, you. <laughs> I've been affected by you are driving a car, and the car goes away from the road, and then it does not knock anybody. It is returned back to the road. Now, those passengers who are there, they need to go some counseling. Because whenever the vehicle they are driving, and it behaves like it is, they feel, ah, it is going, okay, it comes back. They feel like that. In the same way that picture paints, it paints that. So, we in a car, and that's why the Bible talks about submission. You, you just submit. Because you may destroy. And the men, when you don't love your wife also, it does not go away. It's also, also the other way. When you don't love your wife, you've not done what you said, it, she keeps remembering. 
So the birthday is next week. You remember last year you did not come. You ask, but we finished for last year. But no, I was just reminding you the birthday is next week. And last year you did not do what? Because <laughs> Which number are we in? Have I given the verse? Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 32. Ezekiel 16, 32. And then 2 Peter 2, 14. Number 6, we are remaining with 4. Thou shalt not, no, I gave that. That's not the L. That one I gave, isn't it? It is 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1 to 4. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1 to 4. Sorry. Then we are in number 7 now. Permit no one to assure you that you, have, you are having a hard time with your husband. Permit no one to assure you that you are having a hard time with your husband. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 9. In other words, don't let people tell you you are having a hard time with your husband. Then they have their own marriages. You are having time just like the other marriages go through and sit and talk. Are we together? Because when they tell you they are, you are having a hard time, they are encouraging you to break the relationship. They should help you to overcome. Numbers 8. Thou shalt not fail to dress up for thy husband with an eye to please him as you did before marriage. That is what you are waiting for. You, have you heard? Thou shalt not fail to dress up for your husband with an eye to please him as you did before marriage. Songs of Solomon, chapter 4, verse 9 to 11. Dress for your husband. The husband was told, keep your eye to your wife. The other commandment. You remember that? Now here you dress up. You dress up. You know what you normally do when you reach home? You were in town very well dressed, looking very smart and all that. You reach home, you take the socks, you put in your head. You remember, you remember the socks? <laughs> you take the socks, put in your head and your beautiful hair. And then you wear that old dress, which is, which is all, all over. All, all over. And, 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 and the food of the, of the child is coming here outside and all that, and then you look like, is this one? Now, come on. <laughs> Why should you have the socks in your head? <laughs> and you say, now it, here it is at home. No. Your husband needs to see you smart, isn't it? You were dressed that way, because the bishop was coming, so they will start saying, you and the bishop, I don't know. <laughs> because when the bishop was coming, when the provost called you and dressed this way, now they will start wondering, is it, who is the owner of this home? Who is bigger than the other? Is it the bishop or is it me? Let me tell you, men always, they want to see the women smart. If you see another woman smart, and I encourage the men. If you want that smartness you saw with the dress, go and buy the same dress for your wife. Or oh, at least now I have talked. Provost, I know. If you see a dress, a fashion of undress, you, you felt it attracted you. Hold a hand, go to the boutique or the shop, buy the same dress. So that you may see, ah, 
Because one thing, men, let me tell you, all women are the same. The, the difference is just the dressing. Have I talked to something? They are the same. Just like me, all men, if you take it and you wear this way, you'll be just be like me. If I give you this coat, this shirt, you'll just be like me. That's all. That is all. And can I tell you something? There are times even when you don't need the clothes. When you go stages, then the clothes do, are not needed. So what were you looking for? Now that's all for another day. <laughs> you see, us who are saved, like me who is saved, who loves the Lord, we, we, we know clearly. It is only the clothing you are following. She's not your wife. And there is no difference. Because the leaves are stench, rich are stench, all the clothes are removed. So what were you following? Nothing. Nothing. Go back to your wife. Don't follow clothes. You are following this one because it's black, this one is white. You are just following clothes and the colors. It's true. If you want him to be a priest, bring him, we ordain him. You will see, he will wear a collar like this one. It just be like the bishop. So, how can you say I love this one? Love? What is just clothes you are loving? Your wife. They wear the tight ones, the short ones, the long ones, all that. If you feel you are attracted to those, you go and buy for ah that. But you also know there is the time to wear them, isn't it? No, to the time to wear them. If you want her in the house, build that house and that sitting room, now take the tea. You say, now we will tea. Mom and dad will take tea in their room, another spacious room. Let her wear the way you normally laugh. Wear like this. Now be there. If you are to melt, melt when you are there. If you are to start singing praises, sing. It's the same. <laughs> is it? Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. The Lord be with you. <laughs> and for those who are not married, I encourage you to stay in the Lord. Wait for your time. And stay firm in the Lord. You love a good marriage. Don't destroy it, please. Don't destroy your marriage before. Don't be cheated because people cheat others. They tell you we practice fast because practice makes where? In those areas, there is no perfect. I can tell you it is true. Most conflicts in the families, they start with the people who never respected their bodies. If you don't respect your body, many people know about it. Everybody, they look at you, they know, that one I know, that one I know. You come in church, we are ushering, you, oh, that one I know, you sit on the other side. You change the first service to the third service. And you enter to problems. Let me tell you, some of us who are preaching, we preach because we know there is nobody who can stand here and accuse me. In Jesus' name. By the grace of God. Nobody. And I thank God for, he met me when I was a youth in Form 3 in 1990 on the 15th of November. Nobody can, only this lady who sees me and who knows about me. Only. 
Are you hearing what the bishop is saying? And when you have that confidence, I preach like nothing else. And I don't care. I preach because I'm preaching Christ. But you are joining weddings and you ask people, now, is this our only wedding? They can cheat you. They start introducing their children. This is my firstborn and my secondborn. In heaven, in heaven, in heaven, is this really the firstborn? Are you hearing what I'm saying? In God's books, is this really the firstborn? Or oh, there are other firstborns all over. That's where we say repentance. You build these children, you are giving them all they need, and other children somewhere, and somebody knows, another wife, another lady, she knows. So and so is taking care of those children. They are enjoying all that. But the other children here are suffering, they are sleeping on the streets. It is your blood. Think twice. That is why when we say bring your tithes and offerings, the church to help other people, you, you should be bringing twice. <laughs> you should try you should try it twice. Because the did we not handle this when we were in Osos Cathedral Machakos? A lady went to live in America. She was pregnant, coming from Kenya. And they, uh, she has a man in America. But she goes when she's pregnant. She arrives there and she, after some time they, they give birth. And of course she talks to this man and then because of the love they accept. But the, bo the boy is born is an African. This man is a white. So the other children are white, white, white. Different color. In, in standard seven, grade seven, this, ch this child starts psychological torture. I am different from the other children in the family. What's wrong? Mom, what is wrong? And you know Africans and also some people, we never say what happened. We just say, yeah, wait, wait. And the, 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 the boy puts dreads, long hair, and he becomes notorious. He goes to drugs, and he says, until I know my father. You cannot put me to this. They put him in the cells. All over. He is found with the guns. The boy. And he, when he says, he says, I want to know my father. And the mother says, he talks to one of the girls they grew together. And said, I'll bring my son. I want you to show him his father. Then they discover the father got married. And these people accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. They are in church, in the church where I am and are. And they come all the way from America. They come to us. They, um, they first go to their rural home. They stay for a week. The girl, the, this mother is thinking, will I show this boy the father or not? So he decides to con this boy. They say, let's go to show, I show you. They go and they find themselves in the airport, returning back. And the boy returns, runs from airport. Airport, Jomo Kenyatta. He runs, gets a taxi, he had his own money, and comes back to Machakos. And the father, the mother catches the flight and goes. And the boy is caught by police loitering in Machakos town. He is put in. And he says, 
this game of being put in have been used. I want you to show, you, you show me my father. Who are you? Then they talk and they talk, they get the number of the mother, they call the mother, and the police are connected with the other lady whom they grew together, and then they all land in my office. They say the, mother, the father worships there. Then I am called, it was Christmas time, with her. We sit down with this boy, and he says, I want to see my father. We talk to the mother in abroad. The mother says, yes, I know the family. I get everything. Now I have to call the father and start counseling him that there is another son. And when it happened, it was in the stomach and they went with the son in the stomach. So now the father, are you hearing what I'm saying? So we counsel him and he accepts. He says, bring. But now we have to counsel the mother, the, the, other, the other wife now. Because she has to know the firstborn now will told, be told, I am not the firstborn. There's another firstborn. So we cancel the firstborn, and then we cancel the mother, to, the wife, to, to prepare for another child. And we did all that in three days. Then the ceremony came to show, to meet them together. She cooks tea and lunch, and we sit in my office round, and we have the boy here with the dreads. And the police have just left. They are hiding somewhere because they want to make that this boy is on safe hands. And then I start talking. As I talk, the boy says, I can see my father. Don't talk too much. Because we brought several brothers and all of them looked alike. And the boy said, I can see my father. I can see my father. Stop, stop talking many things. And he, he runs and he holds his real father like this. And he cries and cry and cry kneeling down. He cries and says, Daddy, I have missed you. Daddy, I have missed you. Daddy, I needed you. He cries there and cry and cry. And then the dad tells me, Son, I love you. I'm seeing you for the first time since you were born. And the, the son says, Tell me anything you want me to do, and I'll do. And the father says, Number one, I want you to love Jesus Christ. He says, ask the pastor to pray for me now. I'll accept Jesus because I've seen you. We pray for him. Then the, the father takes over and he says, I want to tell you something. He says, daddy, tell me. I want you to go to the barber and be shaved. You look like me. He says, you'll take me to the barber now and I'll be shaved. And so, we counseled them, and we left them to go to the barber to be cut the air. And they said, from that time, I'll be the best boy on earth. Then the father said another third thing. Because your education system is in America, and in Kenya, we have a very different education system. We stay here until the schools are open. But I want you to go and learn with that system and respect the other father there and treat him well and be visiting me. He says, I will do exactly like that. That's where we stopped. We left them. The boys, okay, they communicate. Now they are big people. He has a family. That was about 15 years back when we were doing all that. We are saying, take care of your family. Are we together? Your family, your family, your firstborn. And I'm speaking to someone, it has already happened. Eh? It's your firstborn, your firstborn. Now if you know there is some mess, 
You need serious repentance. And these are the things we come to talk to provost when we are alone. Are we together? Kindly, when you are alone, say, I need this repentance. And then, even if I cannot trace where they are, I give to the church, the church helps the poor all over. They could be part of what? Now, it's also hard to go and tell somebody, you are mine and you are not mine. Yeah? Which number are we in? Now we read number nine. Thou shalt submit to thy husband from your heart and allow him to be head of your household. Thou shalt submit to your husband from your heart and allow him to be your head of your household. Submit from the heart. That is Colossians 3.18, First Peter 3.6, Ephesians 5.33. Submit. Now, I know in Uganda people submit, in Tanzania people submit, but I, I don't mean that cultural submission. I mean to respect your husband and submit so that you know, you know how to learn hearts, heart, 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 raw. We, you can learn when somebody loves you, isn't it? Even a donk, a donk can learn when it, when it loves you. When you do this way to a donk, you see the donk doing like this. Isn't it? And they come close, and then they come all over, all over. But you can look the dog with your eyes like this. And it calls him back and goes away. So love is a communication. Submission is the same. Don't do the cultural one, and the truth in your heart you are not submitting. Things happen on the other room when there is submission. And the main things happen when there is real love. When there is no real love, what is happening is not real. Stop there. You need to go in groups. Yes, there is nothing happening. Nothing completely. Nothing happening. Even if it is happening, it is not real. You, there, there is, you know, it was given by God. And there should be real love. Are we together? The last one. Why are you not saying amen? amen. The Lord be with you. <laughs> Thou shalt assure thy husband and others that he is the greatest man alive. Thou shalt assure your husband and others, you can say others around him, that he is the greatest man alive. Philippians chapter 2 verse 3, songs of songs, chapter 5, verse 19 to 16. Assure him he's the greatest man. I mean, when she, when, she, when she praises me and she talks about me, and then I talk about her, she feels content, I feel okay, and I feel I have a fence around me because I'm not being attacked by any other lady. She has already declared who I am, I have declared. That way, you assure each other of your love. Are we together? Yes. And that's where it comes, sharing money and things like that. Can I stop there? May the Lord help you to have the plan of God, the redemptive plan of God in your family. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you.